Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality, the podcast. Now, we've had a collision of worlds, a joining of forces, a banding of brothers. Sash from Principle Design and me, Sean from Open Pantry Consulting, are pleased to announce this venture for 2021, Principle of Hospitality. Now, we know that food brings people together and promotes community. And at Principle of Hospitality, we are here to disrupt current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. Now, that's why we've partnered with Chef's Hat on this Principle of Hospitality podcast. Now, if you didn't know, Chef's Hat is the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. They strive to inspire cooks, chefs, bakers, and bartenders to deliver the best product with the best tools every day. So that's why we're so proud to partner with Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. Now let's get into today's podcast. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. Welcome to the Principle of Hospitality podcast. It's fantastic to have you listening along, so thanks for tuning in. Marion and her partner Alexis launched Mr. Rye, the first Australian drinking straws, in January of 2020 with a mission of the brand being really simple, offer a local and traceable alternative to plastic and imported drinking straws. Mr. Rye's goal is to offer Australian farmers a new source of income, producing rye straws and promote employment in rural areas. Their mission is to replace the 10 million straws used in Australia every day. That's right, 10 million. And I'm proud that uh, they're using my hometown of South Australia as a starting point to produce this organic and sustainable alternative. It's a pleasure to have the co-founder, Marion Vigo, on the show today. Hey, Marion, how are you? Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, it's really, really great to have this conversation as we delve many more of our podcasts in 2021 into talking about sustainability um, and also to talk about female founded or co-founded uh, brands like yourself. I really want to make sure that we highlight those great success stories. Um, you know, learning about this brand in the last couple of weeks uh, from my friend Julian in, in Queensland, um, and, and hearing about your story was just so exciting to learn about it. So for the people who don't know about Mr. Rye, do you want to explain, you know, how you, how you and Alexis started the brand and, and, and what the purpose of the brand actually was at the start? Yeah, sure. So at the start, um, my partner and I moved to South Australia in 2019 as part of an entrepreneur program mm-hmm. called um, Supporting Innovation in South Australia. Okay. And this entitled us to being able to move uh, here in South Australia and start a business wow. in um, a specific sector that we chose agriculture. Okay. Um, all purpose was to uh, work with an existing byproduct and try to replace uh, plastics. Mm-hmm. So uh, naturally, we, we decided to work with drinking straws because they represent such a big symbol in the plastic pollution industry. Yes. And um, looking at cereal rye crops, uh, mm-hmm. we also uh, noticed that the stalk part of the plant was hollow. So doing a bit research, a bit more research about that, uh, 
um, we tested different crops and mm-hmm. uh, found that rye was actually the most suitable plant uh, right. to replace plastic straws. Okay. So back in 2019, uh, we moved to South Australia. We went to visit a few different uh, organic certified farmers mm-hmm. and introduced them our project. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky because the farmers uh, that agreed to work uh, with us on that project are like young families um, in South Australia, and mm-hmm. they're really open-minded to new ways of doing agriculture and new ideas, new wow. projects. That's really so good. They're really enthusiastic about. Uh, working with us in that project Mm -hmm. because not only was helping them to have an added value for their crops, but also um, it gives them a way to act on uh, plastic pollution, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, which is a, not a bad thing to do. <laughs> totally agree. So, so in 2019, um, we started working with these um, two different farming families. And uh, in 2020, January 2020, we launched uh, Mr. Rye, mm-hmm. which is the first Australian uh, rye straw, first straw that is made and grown here in Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, we work with South Australian farmers, use the byproduct of their crops to replace plastic straws. So... Let's let's go through the R and D part. Like when you're when you've come to South Australia and you're figuring out like what um, what particular plant is going to be the best for this. Like what particular wheat plant. Um, like how did you go through that process and why did you decide that rye was like the most beneficial for this project? So we knew that people were making straws out of wheat, but mm. we tried a few different brands and we uh, noticed that the straw was very weak. So it was right. cracking very easily and it was also uh, very narrow. Right. So we looked at what other plants uh, do exist in Australia and could be used as um, a replacement for a drinking straw. Mm-hmm. We tested different varieties here at the University of Adelaide Waite campus. Right. So it's the agriculture campus of the University of Adelaide and yes. we are part of their um, incubator called Think Lab. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked with different researchers one of them um, is uh, a breeder in the cereal uh, and crop industry. Wow. So she showed us lots of different crops that she's been working on over the past year. Yeah. And rye was really the most sturdy one. Right. But there is different varieties of rye. Um, <laughs> of course. There is many different kinds of crops here in Australia. And mm-hmm. also according to the countries, Australia wouldn't have the same rye crops that France have, for example. Right. So um, we tested different crops during the first year. We did grow uh, five different varieties and uh, chose uh, the cereal rye that was the most widely grown in Australia mm-hmm. as a good one for our straws. And also we wanted to use a crop that was uh, going to be uh, uh farmed anyway sure. for the grains sure so um, yeah cereal rice seem to be a very good crop for us to work with and because they're naturally hollow they have a long enough space between the nodes because the stalk of the of the plant has different nodes that are closing different sections of the of the stem wow um we chose that one to be the best one and the most suitable one for the project yeah right but indeed, it took some time to find out and it took some time to do some test and trial because obviously we're working with a natural product that yeah. grows with rainfall and with the weather Yes, and that grows only once a year as well. Yeah, it's, well, okay. That's, yeah, that's a that's a big challenge, right? Um, what, what made you both choose an organic product 
rather than just a like a mass market rye like a you know was there was there a thinking behind why you wanted to make that choice so for us it was really i think it was one of the first value we wanted to have with the project Mm -hmm. is the organic um the organic side of it because it was essential for us to have a product that did not contain any chemicals Mm. and that wasn't grown with any kind of fertilizer or Mm -hmm. added chemical products Mm -hmm. and organic uh certified agriculture is was the only way for us to have that um um, assurance that the right. product was going to be food safe, yeah. uh, free of anything, and um, and yeah, just ha- wouldn't have any kind of impact on anyone using them as a drinking straw. Yes. So it was for us the first uh, the first thing we looked at when we looked at different farmers in South Australia growing rye. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at the certifications first. Right. It makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about it, like you think, okay, well, why? Like when I first looked into it, I'm like, why would they have picked an organic version? But then when when you talk about it, like obviously a straw is going into a food product. <laughs> it's going into your mouth. And it's yeah, going so into your mouth, you know. You so don't have it makes any sense. Pesticide, any any fertilizers, any uh, antifungus products um, in touch with you, like with the human body, really. Yes. So yeah, for us it was really important, but at the same time, it makes the whole project a whole more difficult in a way that organic agriculture grows only with natural conditions, and mm. in South Australia, everyone knows that. Uh, drought is a big challenge 100%. and uh, until now even until now actually we haven't found the perfect magic recipe for growing a product at scale yes but that's a project we're willing to give time to 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 mm-hmm. actually work out because we believe the values behind it are so important to us yes that it needs that time to be able to 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 work the way we want it to be yeah it makes so much sense um why is sustainability important to you and Alexis, like why why the focus on sustainability? Um, because obviously you've come here from from overseas, you've come into this incubator model in South Australia, um, obviously for a sustainability reason. Like, has it been something that you've you've always cared about, or is it something you've put more focus into the last little bit of your life? Um, there is a few things. I would mm-hmm. say the first thing is that so before Australia, I was living in Vietnam. I lived five years in Vietnam. Wow! And over there, plastic is just uh, normal. I mean, yes. everyone uses plastic for everything. Everything, you yeah. find plastic everywhere. Mm. And it's just so overpresent that mm. in the end, the local people don't even, like, they're not even shocked about it. And that's mm. just normal for them to use plastic all the time for everything. Yes. So, coming from a country where plastic was the normal, moving to Australia, I was looking at how Australia was being different on that side, but Mm. at the same time, I was a little bit shocked that everywhere I was going, I was still finding bits and pieces of different kind of plastic in natural environments. So in national parks, um, at the beach, on the Mm. parks, like I was still finding plastic pretty much everywhere I was going. Mm. So for me, it was important to be in that mindset of, all right, what can I do as an entrepreneur? What can I do to leave the world in a better place than it was when I was there? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the one of the reflection uh, that I had to tra- to transition into uh, as the sustainable industry. Yes. The other one is that moving forward, thinking about my 
well, my, my kids uh, uh, in the future, what's going to happen for them. So, for example, when my kids are going to be 18, um, what is their holiday going to look like if they go to the beach? <laughs> so like at that. the moment, we see some parts of the world, like let's take Asia as a simple example, but it does happen in every other country is you go to the beach, you would uh, find, if nobody takes care of cleaning the beach, yes. you would always find bits and pieces of plastic everywhere. And imagine if it's like this right now, how is it going to be in 20 yeah. year time, 30 year time? So for me, it's really important to be able to act uh, at my on my own scale mm -hmm. for the future of, like for, for basically whoever I'm leaving behind mm -hmm. and uh, kind of ensure it's going to get better. Sure. So obviously it's a small scale, but I would say that everyone doing a little thing at a small scale could have a massive impact in the end. So mm -hmm. that was my own way, my thinking behind yeah. it. Has it, has it been um, like the recent advancements with the, with the government announcements, you know, uh, state government announcements about um, single use plastics being, you know, being banned in, you know, certain years away or next year and that kind of stuff, depending on what state you're in. Like South Australia has obviously been a leader in that um, around the country. They've had a container deposit scheme since the 1970s. Um, like, has it, has it, do you think it's just been a natural fit for you guys to come into South Australia and actually do, you know, a sustainable product? I would say it was a bit by chance yeah. some, for some reason, because we moved to South Australia as part of that entrepreneur program, but yes. We didn't do it because uh, we knew the plastic ban was going to happen. We had mm. no idea when we moved here. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say it's a good thing for yes. sure. Yep. Uh, there is plenty of things that is still to be done, of mm. course. But I'm really happy that South Australia is really taking the lead in, in banning uh, specific items, mm -hmm. um, plastic related, especially single use year i'm really also excited about it not just being plastic but also bioplastic yes because it really shows um a trend and i would say a red light about what's coming next mm. um and with what what we do not only with mr rye but with also a new project that i will um talk about later mm -hmm. on yeah bioplastic is a huge focus that we have because working in that industry for the past two years we've been able to learn so much about it and see what um, trends of the industry yep. we would be uh, going um, going forward. Yes. And bioplastic are definitely a tricky one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so I'm really excited about it, not just being plastic, but mm -hmm. also being the other kind of plastic. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about that in a minute because I think that's a really important part as sustainability has been um, – uh, a fantastic purpose for a lot of brands moving forward. I think there is there is always going to be some confusion about what is sustainable, what is biodegradable, what is single use, what is not single use. Like, what should we be doing? Um, it's quite it's quite an interesting conundrum, right? Because I had um, Annie O and Catherine from a brand called Good Eddie um, on the other week, and they were talking about uh, their product is a is a coffee cup, which um, basically is a, is, a, is a bread product or a wafer product that could be used for takeaway coffee cups instead of, um, instead of obviously single-use coffee cups. So I think, I think there are a lot of people like yourself and like them who are doing really, really credible things, but I really would love your feedback on what you're seeing in the market as well and where you see it could go. 
But before before I ask that question, I want to understand, like you just talked about, you know, um, the rye straws being only harvested like once a year, right? Because you're working with organic stuff and obviously really high quality. Like when Mr. Rye becomes bigger and, and, and starts to really get some, you know, runs on the board and people start to use it in a, in a big level in Australia, like how are you thinking about supply chain? How are you thinking about servicing um, the brands that take on Mr. Rye? So Mr. Rye, so Mr. Rye is a really, it's a long-term project. Mm. As I said earlier, we still haven't found out the magic recipe to be able to, be able to scale it up mm-hmm. and uh, maximize production every time there is a harvest. Yes. For example, this, this year in 2021, we were not able to harvest because we found the stem to be too thin. So we decided not to harvest them. Interesting. Because we were thinking all oh, customers would not um have a positive feedback about it because mm. people are not looking for thin uh, straws they're looking for normal size straws sure. so we didn't harvest them and we um did only a production from our previous harvest in 2020 mm-hmm. um however moving forward the goal of the project is really to be able to scale up the production and to mm-hmm. make it available nationwide to australia mm-hmm. and work with uh different farmers all around australia we're going to use our processes to manufacture mm-hmm. rastros mm-hmm. and make them available to the area yes so um, obviously it's a long-term uh project and unless we found the right way to grow the rye in an organic way because yes. that's op- challenge number one of course um in order to maximize the production maximize the productivity of the crops not only for the grains but also for the stems mm. then uh, we'll be able to um replicate the model sure. to different farmers yes so different farmers will be able to manufacture straws and make an additional income mm-hmm. and replace plastics through wherever they are mm-hmm. so that's the that would be the ideal goal for mr Wright. However, we are um, right now. We're just working on the the. We just came back to the beginning where we where we were two years ago, and we're like, what do we need to do for the soil in mm. order to improve it, in order to maximize the growth of the plants? So they're going to be uh, good not only for the grains but also for the stems, and find that perfect balance. Um, and it doesn't need to be on a, on a large scale uh, in terms of uh, crops, because as you can imagine. Uh, only a few hectares of rye is going to create millions and millions of straws. Of course. <laughs> so, um, so, so that's where we are really with the project. But that's mm-hmm. also why we decided to expand um, that project to beyond just uh, rye straws and go into other products. Yes. So we could, at the same time, working on that project and introduce other products, um, other alternative to single-use uh, plastic products mm-hmm. that are widely used on the market today. So let's let's talk about that since we've you know mentioned that a couple of times now. Let's talk about this new, obviously this new website which you built uh, recent times, and and talk about you know the sustainable products which you have built. Like what what other things are you working on um, other than Mister Rye right now, Marion? So beyond just drinking straw that we do with Mister Rye, uh, we just launched uh, sorry very recently because it was last week. We yes. just launched a new platform called Compostable Alternatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a one-stop platform supporting cafes and restaurants with truly innovative and compostable solutions to single-use uh, plastic. Mm-hmm. So um, the main differentiation uh, that we have with that platform is we focus strictly on own compostable certified products. Okay. 
um, which is very different from what everyone else is doing in the market today, because there is many, many compostable products available nowadays, yes. but 99% of them are commercially compostable only. So what do you mean by commercially compostable rather than home compostable? Compo- commercially compostable means that they require to be disposed of in a green bin, yes. going to a composting facility mm-hmm. in order to be able to break down under specific conditions, okay. such as heat, humidity, oxygen. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless these products are disposed in the right bin, which nobody really knows of, yes, um, they're not going to disappear, they're not going to break down, and they're mm-hmm. not going to be compostable. Right, where home compostable um, means... Where home compostable means that you can uh, um, dispose of this product in your backyard garden, in your own compost, or even in landfill when the conditions are right. Mm-hmm. And this product would break down in just a few weeks. Right. So it just makes the whole process of using alternative to single-use plastic easier. Yes. Because right now on the market, nothing is very easy, actually. People would, would be often very confused uh, which bin is it going into? Uh, I can't see a certification on the yeah. on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, there is all these words, biodegradable, compostable, but what does that actually mean? There is no clear instruction on where should I dispose of that product. So there is lots of confusion on the market right now. Mm. But most importantly, there is around 80% of Australian councils that do not offer green bean collections. Yep. So the green bean collection is the food and food waste mm-hmm. Um and the garden waste uh, beans that uh, you usually use to put your garden waste. Yeah. And even with these 80% of councils not offering these green beans, most of them who do offer that green bean don't always accept compostable packaging because every council and every state have different policies. And uh, so one of them would accept them, but the other one would not. And then it becomes even more confusing. Yes. So what we want is to really remove all these barriers and these confusions and have products that are going to break down anywhere they are being disposed of. Yes. When there is uh, oxygen microorganism, of course, mm-hmm. but we want this product to really be easy to use, easy to dispose and not creating a new source of pollution. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've worked in restaurants for a long time and the, and the brand I worked in um, before uh, before lockdown period, um, like we were using a full end-to-end compostable, biodegradable product that was then picked up by an organisation who then would co- commercially compost it, as you just talked about. Um, it's, and I think a lot of brands are trying to do the same thing, but it is like there's a lot of well-meaning people in hospitality, whether it be business owners or the people who work in the venues, and obviously also customers. But the end goal of trying to make sure that the product is actually compostable, actually breaks down, seems to be just uh, a now really confusing minefield for both hospitality owners and also consumers in the fact that there are a lot of different words that you just talked about, biodegradable, Mm. compostable. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of confusion, Marion. Like, how do you think is. is it? How do you think we cut through that confusion? Because if if the problem is the supply chain of of um, the waste management, like that's largely run by councils, is what you just said, mm. which is completely different across the country. Like, and it's so hard to monitor. Like, do you think you know working on natural solutions like Mister Ryan, obviously other products that you guys are developing, is is basically the the quickest way to get a great result? Yeah, so what, what we're really focusing on is uh, products that are made from raw materials, such as our rice straw, for example. Our rice straws are simply 
a stem of yes. a plant. There's yes. no transformation. It's just a simple product that has uh, another usage, basically. Yep. Yep. So we're looking uh, at these kind of products. Mm -hmm. So we have also other kind of straws. For example, we've got a grass straw that okay. is simply a grass. We've got a coconut straw that is simply fermented coconut water that has been shaped into a straw. <laughs> A very new patented technology that uh, wow. that is uh, coming from uh, a country, uh, Vietnam, actually, where where you yeah, right, okay. Um, but we're also looking at uh, products that have been transformed. So obviously, um, all um, all products replace, for example, um, cling wrap. Yes. So to replace plastic plastic cling wrap, we found. Um, a product that is made from food waste that is being uh, used as a cling wrap. Okay. And that looks exactly the same, except that um, it's not made from fossil fuel. <laughs> and it's certified home compostable and it breaks down in your garden in less than 120 days. Wow. So the really so the, the two kinds of product we focus on are the raw products that have no transformation. Yes. And for the transformed product, we only work with manufacturers that have the own compostable certification. Either right. the Australian one or the European standard, but they need to have the certification, otherwise we won't work with them. That's for us it's really a, a, a go or no go with products because we want to ensure these products can break down anywhere in your backyard garden, in your own compost, um, even if they end up in the wrong bin, they will break down. So when when they want to get, when suppliers want to get that certification, is it just a requirement that they go through a certain amount of steps or they change their, their supply chain and what they're doing in order to, to get that certification? Because that sounds really, really smart. Yes, yeah, so they, de they need to go f uh, through a few steps, mm -hmm. um, not only by testing the products yes. in uh, real life conditions. Yeah. So this takes a few months, but mm -hmm. also by uh, being able to provide all the ingredients that are used in the product in order uh, to certify that product mm. according to own, own compostable um, specificity. specificity yes, specifications. <laughs> Sorry. Even I struggle with that. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, they need to go through a special process. Yes. And of, of course, it's easier for manufacturers to do that process because mm. they are in charge of producing the product. So they know everything about their ingredients. Yes, so of course. It, it, can, it can be quite fast actually mm. for them to mm -hmm. do that. For brands, for people who are working with manufacturers who, who try to uh, certificate their products, but they don't manufacture them, so they don't know everything about the manufacturing, really. Yes. Um, it's going to be longer because they need to get all the information from the manufacturers, and sometimes it's like a magic recipe that not all manufacturers want to give away. Of course. Of course, otherwise, um, it's easy to replicate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, yeah, working directly with manufacturers who have the certification is for us a great way to be able to introduce alternative to single-use plastics that leave no trace in the environment and um, that are a great replacement to current products on the market. Yeah. How do, you, how do you think we scale these kind of brands? Like the brands like Mr. Rye, the other brands you're, you know, you're working with, obviously with the, with the portal that you've got, like because they are natural and, and that kind of thing, like how do you think what, what's best to, uh, to move these brands forward? Because now with governments shutting down single-use plastics, which they should have done a long time ago, um, I would hope that these alternatives – are the ones that really come through. Um, it just makes perfect sense. But how do we actually get into a point where they're scalable? 
I would say the first point is really to have more education going around. Sure. Because what we are really working on, we are we are on the business of behavior change. Yeah. We're trying to make people understand that the products on the market are confusing and they do know it as well, but just they, they've never seen any other alternatives. So we're mm. trying to introduce these new alternatives at the same time educating people on the products. Yes. So it's a, it's a double challenge that we have here. Um, and I believe to scale these products um, on the market is just that as soon as people will understand the benefits of these products and the easy um, side of them on how to dispose of them, it will it will be natural. Like it will be natural because, like you say, it will be a it will be a, a, a no brainer. Like people will be like, yeah, well, uh, these products is a plant, so of course it's going to be better that um, that product that has different words written written on it, but I have no idea which bit it goes into. Yeah. So um, it needs to become the new normal of, yeah, using products that are simply compostable because mm. they are either raw or they have a certification that proves that they are actually compostable anywhere. Sure. Is there any, um, is there any hints you can give to hospitality owners who are listening in who want to do, who want to offering offer packaging alternatives, which are, environmentally friendly which are making the right decision for themselves and their customers like they might be getting caught up in buzzwords or misinterpretation Mm. about environmental products is there anything they should be looking for or or understanding or questions they should ask their suppliers in order to make sure they're actually using proper um certifiable or or you know proper goods for their business so i would say certification is a big one yeah of course the, like the people, the, the companies, the businesses that provide the more information, the better yeah. because they know everything about their products and they can actually talk about them. It's sure. no, like it's, it's, uh, it's an easy process. Yes. And, um, certifications are, uh, super important because that's the only way a composting facility will accept or not a product. Mm-hmm. And if there is no composting certi- um, no composting facilities, which is the case for more than more than half of Australia actually, there is only 150 composting facilities in Australia, which is not wow, a lot. that's not a lot. So um, for this place where there is no composting facilities around, the only way forward to find alternative to single use plastic is to look at home compostable certified product yeah because these products do not require to be disposed in any specific bin and will break down mm-hmm. in just a few weeks anywhere mm-hmm. so um, i would say looking at information informing um informing yourself is always the best way yes. to understand it better and to make the right choice mm-hmm. That's why on our website, we decided to go full transparency on everything. So yep. all the products that we have, we just tell everything we know about them, everything all about from the production to how to dispose of them to what are the ingredients inside. Yep. We even define the ingredients. So we also have like um, a little, wow. I, I won't call it dictionary because it's not, there's not <laughs> that many uh, words, but we do have a, a specific area on our website where we describe uh, in detail, the word, the the ingredients, yep. what does what that, that mean? mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so business owners can have a clear understanding of the products they buy. Sure. And uh, although throughout the whole supply chain, we're also fully transparent on everything related to cost. So how much the producer is getting, mm-hmm. how much the intermediaries are getting. We really want it to be fully transparent just so business owners can make the best choice according to their values yes. and according to their budget. Yeah, of course. 
Um, budget's a major thing as well, but I think um, I think this is just a no-brainer moving forward in our industry, and we need to move to it. So we need to understand um, we need to understand how we can use it in our venues uh, more often because it's the right thing to do, and it's the yeah. obvious thing to do. And I think and as brands like yours get bigger, Marion, um, then it's going to be economies of scale, which means you know price points can come down or at least stay the same, and then we can work it through our actual supply chain better. So um, yeah. I, I think it's an exciting yeah. time. Yeah. And for business owners, I think it's essential for them to really see that the products they buy are actually breaking down. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, <laughs> actually uh, acting yeah. the way that the brand is saying it is. Yes. So proving that by certifications or any kind of pictures or test um, testings yes. is super important because that's the only way a business owner will actually know if what they are buying is actually uh, compostable. Yeah, so, totally agree. Um, I agree. It, yeah, I think it's essential to, to look at uh, to look at information about the products, mm-hmm. um, certifications, and try and if they have a, a question, being able to talk to someone who have the answer also. Because <laughs> yes. um, I've been yes. doing this a few times. I've been uh, trying to find information about different products, and and I was just contacting the the customer service or the brand themselves uh, of a website, asking information detailed information because I'm into the. Well, I mean, the details on that yeah. topic. So mm-hmm. I was asking some detailed information mm-hmm. to the brand and they always answer like a, a vague answer that basically <laughs> makes no sense, has no real, well, That's scary. has no real value because they believe I'm not in the industry. So I will be content sure. with whatever they are saying. Yes. But because I'm digging and I'm actually asking specific questions, mm. um, I would wish that they could give me some more detailed information so I can actually make the right choice. But that's not always the case. So yeah. I think it's really important for brands to be more transparent on the product they sell, the product they manufacture, and really, um, yeah, being able to communicate clearly on where to dispose of the products, no matter where the businesses are in Australia. Yes. Because in main city, there may may be um, green bean collection, Mm. but as soon as you step away from a main city, there is nothing. Yes, exactly. A lot of cities don't even have recycling. The yellow bean is not everywhere, so the green bean is even even less. I mean, so, um, yeah. It, it just it now we've talked about it th- uh, through today like it makes even more sense other than when we talked about it last week together like it's it's um you're just cutting you're cutting out the whole need for the bin to be there like you're you're making a home compostable product which um like just takes all the issues out of it so um yeah it just yeah well really, our really purpose good. was really to have um solutions that were actionable right now yes and that's the main point yes. because I think. Councils are going are gonna to have more green collections mm-hmm. available uh, over the next few years. But, you know, you know how, how fast the industry yeah. is moving, right? Yes. So it's yeah. not going to happen anytime soon. So in the meantime, we want our solutions to be actionable right now and mm-hmm. allow business owners to do the right thing now, today. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to wait for the councils to take the decisions of bringing green collections and then more composting facilities to, uh, to, to exist and stuff yes. like that. So, yeah. It's just easier. And I think the word easy is, I would say, a keyword in our conversation because right now everything is so confusing. People yes. need easy and and clear um, yeah. solutions to their problem. Yeah, and trustworthy. And that's obviously what you guys yeah. are doing. Um, my, last, my last question to every person on the podcast um, is, what are you looking forward to most in 2021, both on a personal basis, Marion, but also professionally for the business? 
Well, personally, I'm uh, really looking forward um, to see the borders open again. Yes, <laughs> as you as you can hear, I'm not uh, I'm not Australian. Uh, English is not my first language. I'm French. Yes, and obviously, all my family is living in France, and mm. I haven't seen them for quite some years now. Yes, so I'm really looking forward to be able to um, fly back and and spend some time with them. Yeah, a bit. Um, on the professional side, um, I'm really looking forward to see more states banning single-use plastic. Yes. I know it's not going to happen all in 2021 because uh, <laughs> Victoria already said that they would ban single-use plastic in 2023, I think. Yeah, two, yeah, years, two or three years. Very long time away. Yes. But I'm really looking forward to see more sta uh, states taking actions sure. and really improving the system. Mm -hmm. So um, we see less uh, single-use plastic mm -hmm. and more awareness on alternatives available on the market today. Yes. Marion, I know a lot of people will want to get in touch with you and want to research more about the brands. Um, after this podcast, what's the, what's the best way that people can find out about more about Mr. Rye? Um, so for Mr. Rye, it's very easy. Our website is mrrye.com. So awesome. you can find us uh, over there. We also have social media on Instagram and uh, and Facebook, Mr. Rai. Mm -hmm. For compostable alternative, we just launched our new website. So that's compostablealternative.com.au. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also, this is also a platform where, where I'm writing um, articles and blog posts on the, on the industry. And, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to be uh, as detailed as uh, possible and, and make it in a very easy language. Yes. Uh, so it can be really, uh, really uh, useful for, for people who want to understand more on that. Yes. On compostability. Mm -hmm. And uh, if people want to reach out to me directly, um, my LinkedIn is uh, Marion Vigo, V-I-G-O-T, and um, people can reach to me Fantastic. On, the, on, the, on, the, on the platform. <laughs> Perfect. I will uh, I'll link that up in the show notes. As always, uh, Marion Vigo, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Sean. Have a really good day. You too. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality, the podcast. We hope you really enjoyed this episode. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind, so we'd really appreciate you sharing it along with those that you care about in the industry. Thanks as well to our sponsor, Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia. They strive to inspire cooks, chefs, bakers and bartenders to deliver the best product with the best tools every day. We're so proud to partner with them. That's where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design and graphic design, then you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself at Open Pantry Consulting for anything to do with hospitality operations, strategy and recruitment. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks to Chef's Hat for supporting us. And until next time, stay safe. Cheers.